Ball shoots safe. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Out of the net, extra passing. Smith settles, his shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard out here, T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... They just had a little white snake going in the building. We're at uh, Timble Arena, Section 104, and yep. uh, in the building uh, ahead of time, before they, the rehearsals start, uh, they just blast some tunes yep. uh, on the speakers. And uh, Here I Go Again was on, and that reminded me of the Vegas Golden Knights so much. Not the rest of it, but the Here I Go Again. It's another night playing for first place. Uh, got Matthew Kachuk in the building. Uh, there's a good vibe around town. It's like uh, we've, we haven't been away for those four days between games. No, no, at least not when we're in the building. Over the last couple of days, talking about dogs, upper body, lower body, it's felt like it's been four days between games. But right now in Whose this moment. Whose fault is that? It's, I mean, it's the schedule's fault, No, right? no, no, like, I'm talking not... about the dogs. What do you mean whose people, fault is that? It's your fault. No, no. I brought it up. Yes. I didn't continue it. Other yes, people did. have continued to raise the subject <laughs> to the point where I'm going to lay a wager right now. Okay. This should be fun. A guest at some point during today's program will circle back uh-huh. and talk about upper body, lower body. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. We're not going to bring it up to the guest. Nope. Then. Nope. Did you talk to this guest already? Tom? I have you, you know he absolutely right, did. Exactly. No, 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 exactly. No, but, like, but hey, I did, no, I didn't bring it up. You're I stacking the deck no, in no, your no. favor. Come I on. I didn't bring it up. This okay. guest raised it to me and is very passionate about it. Yeah. And then it then it it got a step further when my boss over at the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah, yeah, Nate Ewell, he's now calling the VGK Insider Show the VGK9 Show. Yeah, no, I which which is not that far off. No, not really. But but it's not my fault. People feel so passionately about this that they keep raising it. They all want their say on it, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see whether or not John Shannon uh, goes down that path. Uh, we got a lot going on, though. Uh, the, the, uh, Henderson Silver Knights have this cool game coming up on yeah, Saturday. They do. Yeah, they do. Uh, the Thunder game, uh, paying homage to the Las Vegas Thunder. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about that. Uh, but our focus is going to be what's going to occur against the Florida Panthers who are coming off a very emotional win on this road trip. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get back into the playoff race and contention in the Eastern Conference. And Vegas, game three of the seven-game homestand. But really, when you look at it, it it feels like the first game of a five-game homestand, doesn't it? Because yeah. of the, the, the break in the schedule that we're almost starting all over? Yeah, it's it's hard to pull any type of carryover or anything really from that, that last outing on Saturday night against the Los Angeles Kings. I think uh, it, it's you know a way to kind of start fresh and, and refocus, recenter. And for the Golden Knights, I, I think the benefit of having a couple of days off and a couple of days of, of really good practice 
is going to serve them well tonight against the Florida Panthers team that is starting to win a bit more, but is still quite desperate for points. Desperate. Really desperate. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that uh, a little deeper with John Shannon, some of the metrics uh, and the analytics around the Florida Panthers. I've told you guys what the plan was for Florida and taking a step back to be more structured in their game than they were a year ago. Despite all the success, they didn't feel they were positioned as a team and their strategy to have a long playoff run. Mm -hmm. It was too loose and fast. Yeah. So they expected some kind of fallback. Scoring fewer goals, not a shock at all. What's surprising is they're allowing more. And that might uh, have more to do with the goaltending. And people like to jump on uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was outstanding last year. He was – his record was sensational a season ago. Uh, Not the case this time around. And uh, Spencer Knight is out uh, with injury. So they've got to clean up uh, some things in the defensive zone. Maybe it's it's like uh, what what the Vegas Golden Knights have gone through with the new coach and and changing some things around. But uh, uh, they're they're a lot – different position than Vegas is tonight. Florida's trying to keep their their nose above water so they can breathe a little bit and not fall completely out of the race and into the Connor Bedard picture. Vegas, the biggest stretch on the Golden Knights tonight is Dallas and L.A. have built into a tie for first place in the Western Conference. L.A. deadlocked uh, for top spot in the Pacific Division. That's supply some urgency ryan Mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near as what's taking place across uh, on the other bench no it's not but i i still do think that after the game that the golden knights put in against los angeles on saturday um that there's going to be some desperation in the game of the vegas golden knights you mentioned this is kind of the first time and here we are 42 games into the year that the golden knights are really having to deal with contention at that top spot, both in the Pacific and the Western Conference. You think there's carryover from Saturday night? No, no. I, okay. I think that they that this is a team that wants to put a really good 60 minutes on the ice tonight. I think the Golden Knights are, are hoping to put together a strong game because I think that now you're starting to see some of those teams creep a little bit closer to Vegas. And I know that L.A. and Vegas right now are tied in points. Golden Knights still have three games in hand, and you've got to do something with those games. You've got to win those on games. LA, yeah. But uh, on LA, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I, I still think for the Golden Knights, getting a little bit of a push, getting a little bit of a challenge, is not necessarily a bad thing, especially at this point in the season. Now, those those two teams are both on heaters. Uh, we we talk about Dallas being good lately. Uh, LA and Seattle, who's back in the mix? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, LA and Seattle are seven two and one in their last ten, so they're they're playing some good hockey right now. They're uh, on their upswing. If if you don't time it the same, yeah. you can have these wild swings in the in the standings, and that's what we're seeing. LA has been close a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Seattle has been close once before, and then they dropped off, and Vegas went on uh, a bit of a run. So uh, you do have to look at it beyond. 10-game segments, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see how, how this goes. But uh, for, for Vegas, coming off four days between games, uh, I look at this in the same fashion as what we experienced during the COVID season, where it was jam-packed, and they were running on fumes. Every team was running on fumes, and yeah. any type of break uh, was, uh, was welcomed, and it was almost like uh, it was three rest days into one. And there was that game. When was Chandler Stevenson got suspended? Yeah, I think it was against LA 
in this building, uh, down down on the uh, uh, near boards in the defensive zone. Right in that yeah. corner. Yep. And he got the three-game suspension. Yep. He couldn't play. And when he came back for the first game back, the players talked and marveled about how energized and impactful he was and how mm-hmm. the quote was, he looked like he was shot out of a rocket ship. Or it was a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether do rocket ships shoot other stuff. I guess they do a little bit, satellite launchers. Uh, but but it was noticeable how uh, a fast guy got even faster. Yep. So given what Vegas has been through in being right with L.A. up until this four-day break, playing the most games in the National Hockey League, and the uh, strain on their body and the rest recovery and, and not being able to uh, have opportunities to recoup, Taking a step back, having two days off, mm-hmm. and then two really good practice days where they were able to focus on some some strategy and dial in a couple of things. Does the whole team come out the way Chandler did a couple of years ago? It, it to me, it feels like this is a game that's perfect for the Golden Knights to have Should, yeah. a great first period yeah. to to jump on a, a team in Florida that just played two nights ago against Colorado Avalanche. Like, the Golden Knights should be the more energetic and they should have more jump in this first period. I'll get the first five minutes a wash. Sure. Because of just uh, getting back into to, to the rhythm. It might take, and why I say five minutes is that gives you one full rotation of the lines. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a, a time uh, window or or a, a bit of a, a gateway there. Uh, I want to see all four lines get out uh, maybe a couple of times and, and get into the swing of things. After that, they should be on it, fresh, and ready to go. Yeah, once they hit a rhythm, right? Like That's kind of where you're expecting the Golden Knights uh, a little bit more refreshed, certainly, than what the Florida Panthers are, are going to be in this game, should be in this game. Uh, I'm expecting a big first period from the Golden Knights. I, I, I would love this game to take on a similar look and feel to the one that they played against the Pittsburgh Penguins a week ago. Jump on them in the first period, take advantage of any mistakes that, that, that Florida may hand you, and then at that point, second, third period, you've got to manage the game. That's really what I'm hoping for from the Golden Knights tonight. Can I agree but with a caveat? Better second period? Nope. Okay. I want them to be really good in the first period uh-huh. and flex their lack of fatigue. Sure. But I want them to be able to maintain that throughout the game. Not just the second period, but throughout the game. One of the big bonuses from that and the goal tonight, because they're playing a specific team in the Florida Panthers, is they're one of the worst third-period teams in the National Hockey League. They gave up three the other night to the Colorado Avalanche in the third period. They were able to hold on and win the game. But that was the 10th time this year that the Florida Panthers have surrendered three or more goals in the third period. They're vulnerable in the third, the same way that we talk about Vegas trying to clean things up in the second. Yeah. Can Vegas, with the rest, recovery, and the preparation, not only start well, but really add to it uh, throughout the game and put it away in the third period when... There should be some thoughts running through uh, the, the Florida Panthers. Now, Florida Florida can score. Mm-hmm. They, oh. they may not be putting the puck in the net as much as last year when it was epic, but they can still really put the puck in the net. There's a slight danger in, in looking at this game from a coach's point of view, from, from Vegas' standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
that it could end up as a track meet in the first period. Yeah. But they, they both score a lot in the first period. You, you don't want to necessarily get – you want to score a lot, but mm-hmm. you don't want to get into trading chances and going up and down the ice. You'd like to play uh, with, with a lot more structure coming out of the, the, the break. But that does exist. Keep an eye on, on that, that uh, Florida, go back to their roots at all, trade chances with you. They, they can make you pay. I'm at odds because while I think the Golden Knights are going to come out and while I think that they are going to have a really strong first period and, and while I agree with you and that I'd like to see Vegas be solid and, and really in command of the game wall-to-wall for 60 minutes, put in that full 60-minute effort, um, I get the sense that we're going to see a lot of goals tonight. You do, eh? I just do. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's simply the fact that the Golden Knights are going to be rested and I think they're going to be able to convert on their chances. And because the Florida Panthers have been so leaky in terms of allowing goals so far this season, uh, but I just think with the desperation that you're going to get from the Panthers, the fact that they put up five goals in their last game, I just think this one's destined for a, a big-time total in terms of overall goals. I, I haven't talked about this stuff as much in the three years that we've done the show together yeah. as we have this week. But uh, I'm going to get to the defensive zone and neutral zone structure of the opposition. Okay. Uh, 1-3-1, drink, was what uh, everybody <laughs> focused on with the LA Kings. Yeah. Uh, here's another reason why you might see uh, a really up-tempo first period. From the Vegas point of view, when they're excited to play. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you when you're excited to play, there's more jump. Sometimes you you make mistakes. Sometimes you you get so uh, into it that you you have the blinders on and you, you might just get a little carried away. We mm-hmm. all get carried away, but yeah. uh, that happens to professional athletes. So they're really excited to get back in. The other part is the Florida Panthers play a more traditional what what teams face, and that's a one one three. Instead of the three stacked up right across the blue line, uh, it, it gets backed in a little bit. There's one four checker. There's a guy on top, and they rotate. And, da, da, da. Uh, and then there's that wall. Uh, that, that They'll give you the zone a little easier. Yeah. Then the And the neutral zone is certainly more navigatable navigatable for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I think that they'll have some room there, and they'll feel really good about, the, about themselves. And that that might filter into just getting a, a little carried. It'll settle down. Yeah. But I, the players are probably going to feel like they're in uh, Texas, like the tonight with the neutral zone. The, the neutral zone will feel the, as big as Texas compared to what it was the other night when it was Rhode Island. Yeah. And it was jammed. It was packed, and uh, there was no space, uh, no 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 time to to even think. It, it's a different uh, defensive structure for Florida. I, I think that that plays well into the Golden Knights. Obviously, this is a, a good rush team, and I think that when Vegas can carry the puck through the neutral zone with a little bit of confidence, when they can make plays just inside the blue line, you've got to be smart about it. But if the Golden Knights can start making some of those plays and find a little bit of space and make the plays that are in front of them, as Bruce Cassidy's talked about quite a bit, especially to start the games, then maybe you get into a rhythm and you find a little bit more confidence. Uh, the slight tweak at practice this week uh, with the Lions, Riley Smith, Paul Cotter, uh, switching mm-hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. You surprised at all? Where, where uh, you, did that uh, jump out at you? So I liked it 
in stretches against LA, and that's kind of hard to say, right? Because I don't think we liked a lot of of the Golden Knights game, but I, I do. I think, didn't mind defensively against LA. Well, sure, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Defensively, they were fine. Offensively, there wasn't really anything there. But I think, and we've heard Bruce talk about pairs, right? What if the pair for Jack Eichel is Paul Cotter? We had Jack on yesterday. We talked about Paul Cotter, the personality that he is, where he's fitting in in terms of this lineup, how his style of play might benefit or or work off well against uh, what Jack Eichel does incredibly well. So I'm really interested to see Cotter alongside Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marshall. I think that could be something really interesting, but the litmus test for all of this is how long does it stick together, right? Like, we have seen if it's not going, if Bruce Cassidy's not getting the looks or really the momentum, the the, the shifts that he's looking for, then he's going to move things around. And he and he decides that early on. Oh games. yeah, it's quick. It's quick. It was 13 minutes into the first period right. of the night when he made the Amadio Cotter. Now I am intrigued by Riley Smith alongside William Carlson and Phil Kessel because we know just how dominant. William Carlson and Riley Smith have been together defensively, offensively. They check every single box. And I think with Phil playing his best hockey of the season right now with the Vegas Golden Knights, if you have something there and you can ride it out in in a similar way that you're riding out Michael Amadio alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, maybe you found a little bit more balance that you can rely on over the course of, you know, a few games. Now, Connor can, he likes to bang. He, yep. he knows that that's going to have to be his meal ticket mm-hmm. uh, early on in his National Hockey League career. He is getting better at being stronger in those situations, uh, not just banging and then picking himself uh, up because there was during the preseason, early on the season, he spent some time on the ice where uh, he, he just it wasn't like he was prepared. He was prepared. It yeah. was just a, a bigger game. I think he's made Big, huge strides uh, in that department uh, that helps him stay uh, in the game. He can go get the puck if he's if he's banging. He's knocking uh, players around and digging for the puck. That helps up set up Jack Eichel. Uh, so I think that's a, a major benefit. Uh, Paul should be more physical than Riley at this stage. And and also, Paul will go to the front of the net, right? Like we we heard Bruce talk about. Nick Waugh alongside Riley Smith and Jack Eichel. And, and one of the reasons that uh, Bruce went to that in that game is because Nick Waugh will go to the front of the net. Straight line player will get there. Net front presence is something that you need to have. If Paul Cotter can get there and he can he can be physical enough in those spots, it could be something really good for Jack Eichel to, to play off of. Never mind Jonathan Marsh so. Well, the who, shot. who also yeah. plays, right? It's fantastic, yeah. Uh, I, I think you got some, some guys that can, can dig a little bit. Marshall's not as physical. Uh, it goes without uh, saying, but that's not a, a negative by by any means. But you got some guys that can dig the puck, and there's two shooting options mm-hmm. on that line, which I love. Uh, I'm not a big fan of teams putting uh, people just to go get the puck for one guy. Right. The, there's got to be of options. Otherwise, it's so easy to defend. Ovechkin, that's a bit of a, a <laughs> an anomaly uh, in that. Built different. But, but uh, when, you're, when you're talking about playing five on five and you're, you're rolling some lines, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like that there's uh, two shooting options with uh, Stevenson and Stone and Amadio. Amadio's a shooting option right. on that line. Mm-hmm. Stevenson likes to pass. Uh, and Stone is is a shooting option there. Uh, Amadio's really blossomed into being able to finish those uh, those things. 
It's funny. Sometimes when you join a line, when you're promoted from a third line or, or below up to a top six situation, mm-hmm. you become the guy that has to go get it for everybody else. That's not the case with Amadio. Amadio's a finisher mm-hmm. on that top line. So there, there, there's two shooting options on each of those lines. And then you get into uh, Phil Kessel, shooting option. Yeah. He's got uh, over 400 goals. Uh, Riley Smith, real shooting option uh, with, with William Carlson. So uh, I, I, I like the way it's set up. It just has to go <laughs> And, and follow through on some of our expectations. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. I mean, obviously, we can like every, anything on paper, but as, if it doesn't translate on the ice, if you're not able to get the looks or, or bear down on the chances or you're not creating any chances, then all you've you got to make a change. And for Bruce Cassidy, the, the big question is going to be, can you strike balance and have it be repeatable night in, night out? Can you rely on those lines the way that they're constructed? Or... Do you have to go back to what we saw before really the injury started? And that was a a, a heavy put-together top six. And that's really going to be the question. I think you here. need two of those three lines going every day. Yeah, because yeah. if you have two of them going, even though one's not, you don't want to fiddle with the other two. Yeah, for and, sure. And that'll that'll get in the way of any 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 tweaking. I, I just want to take a break because yeah. John Shannon's good standing by and he's on the Eastern uh, time zone and he's getting into games and he always gets mad at me after. Yeah, Although he's yeah. a good sport on the air, he gets mad at me afterwards for, uh, for being late. So we'll hook up with our NHL insider, John Shannon, uh, coming up on the VGK9 Inside Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop this. Beach K Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. <laughs> John Shannon is with us, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Why doesn't John have his custom-made intro? Well, every and we're, time halfway, we're halfway through the year, and I John do doesn't have, have his... I, Why aren't we using it? Because you never you never call for it. You just play it coming out of break. No, you have to set it up. You got to throw. John is a, a very special guest. He deserves more than just a coming back from break. He deserves to be set up. Shannon. Roll the tape. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Okay, what would you do if you were producing this program right now? Would you be yelling and screaming, or would you say, that was a good bit? That was really funny, and I really enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) How's life, Shannon? We had a good chat last night uh, texting up a storm with our good friends Doug McLean uh, and Nick Caprios. Well, Nick didn't really do it. You know, every once in a while, the alumni have to get together, don't they? (laughs) The the Sportsnet (laughs) alumni. uh, No, call it the uh, former Sportsnet uh, family. Well, no, if if you're an alumnus, you're not there anymore. Yeah, that's true too. But I like yeah, to give a so. shot too. I like now, to- listen. I, 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 what I can't believe is that you know, yesterday or the day before, you have a great guest on, unbelievable. You have you know you have uh, you know maybe the the highest profile member of uh, of Vegas's Golden Knights, yeah. and you actually talk to him about dogs. Dogs. Well, you're a dog guy. I know, but I mean, and and then and Jack gives you the right answer, and then you screw it up, and you think you think that paws are lower body. What is that? You guys, I told these guys that you were 
hot on this subject. Yeah. They didn't believe me yeah. that, that this conversation, upper body, lower body with dogs, had reached Toronto, that we'd really started <laughs> something. But, but, but it's true. So you're on the uh, feeling that, that dogs' upper body is forward from the torso up to the head and the uh, front Yeah, box. well, I, you know, it's my boyish charm that I agree with Jack Eichel. <laughs> you know, Jack and was right into Jack it. Has, Jack, Jack has boyish charm, too. <laughs> I, I like the name of Jack's dog, Harold. Yeah. yeah what well, that's a good you, name. What are the names of your dogs? Uh, we only have one now, Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Life I'm goes sorry. on. But Kevin, Kevin's named after the, you know, the Kevin the Minion in Despicable Me. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We learn a lot about people yeah, uh, with the names of dogs. Hey, we got well, the first set now. of uh, the first set of pets we had, uh, 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 we named after trophies. So our first two dogs were Lord Stanley and Lady Bing. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, Norris and Calder the cat. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Who was the best behaved? Uh, well, other than me, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Stanley uh, Stanley is still the, uh, he, even though he's passed, is still the love of my wife's life. So. Well, that uh, He was a West Highland Terrier, so he was a great dog. Ah, oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah. We have Florida, a Panther, in town tonight, the Panthers. We knew that there was going to be an adjustment with this team. They played better than their record, really, uh, but they still find ways to lose. Is it really desperate times, or do you think they will figure it out? Well, I, I, I thought it was going to be a, a bit of a challenge you know, not only do you change the personality of your club by getting rid of your leading scorer uh, and your second best defenseman, um, but you change the coach too. So I think it's a, the double whammy. You know, we, I, I think it's pretty obvious when they lost so badly to Tampa in the playoffs that Bill Zito was not happy with. I would I would describe the playoff personality of his hockey club. They just weren't. They didn't have that edge particularly when they played against a team like the Lightning, who always have edge. They were too fast so, and free. What's that? They were too fast and free. Well, yeah, yeah there, there wasn't much system to the system. Yeah. You know? And, and so I, I think that, you know, Zito's attempt to build it up, I think he probably thought he had to tear it down a little bit. And getting, listen, getting Matthew Kachuk is a real positive, but... You know, they miss McKenzie Weger. Um, you know, Sasha Barkov, who's been hurt a bit, uh, I think misses that chemistry he had with Huberdeau. So, and, and then a new coach with a new philosophy in Paul, who's a, you know, a good friend. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it's a different animal now. It's, 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 not a, uh, it's not that Florida Panther. It's kind of like, uh, you know, just a big cat right now. So when you, when you look at where they're at right now, six points out of the playoffs, like, What's the most likely outcome here? Do you do you believe that there's enough in this team to to make a push for the playoffs, or is this maybe a team that's better served to fall down a little bit and get a, a lottery a lottery pick potentially for Connor Bedard? No, I I don't think that's realistic. I think they're in that middle range that yeah. they're not going to be that bad to fall into the lottery. Um, I think that there'd be a huge disappointment. I mean, they gave Matthew Kachuk a lot of money to to get to lead them. Um, you know, I think they made a coaching change because they felt that they they needed Paul Maurice's experience. So this this was this was not supposed to happen as drastically as it has. Um, 
And the, and the one thing we haven't mentioned is that, quite frankly, they, they have more money in goaltending than any other team in the league, $13.5 million, and they're not getting $13.5 million worth of goaltending. And that's, that's a, a huge issue. Sergei Bobrovsky's been another disappointment this year. Spencer Knight's been able to carry them a bit, but not that, not as much as he, they expect them to. So the answer is six points out. If, if one of those two goalies gets hot, then they've got a chance. But to me, it's, it's all on the goaltending. John Shannon's with us on the VGK9 Insider Show. Oh, that's very the, good. Uh, I can't take credit <laughs> for that. That's, that's Nate Ewell from uh, my boss from uh Well, from Nate's, the Nate's a talented guy. He's yeah, smart uh, guy. That's all his uh, doing on that. Uh, Vegas now has company atop the Pacific, and it's a three-way tie for first in the Western Conference. Uh, who do you consider a bigger challenge, Dallas or L.A.? No, Dallas still. Um, I think Dallas is a deeper team. I mean, the, the Kings are a great story. When you actually consider the reason that they are where they are is because of Phoenix Copley. Yes. You know, this was, this was supposed to be the transition year from Jonathan Quick to Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson's, you know, in, in, in Ontario, and... Jonathan Quick is not near as good as Phoenix Copley. I mean, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season that the number one goaltender for the L.A. Kings was Phoenix Copley, you would have told me I didn't even know he was in their system, let alone I didn't know he could play anymore. Well, I wouldn't have told you that they were battling for first place. Well, but, they, you know, they were a pretty good team last year, Darren. You know, they, uh, you know, Todd's a really good coach. Oh, no, but if you go three goalies deep and, and the guy hasn't, he's had one year where he's played a more than a handful of games, I wouldn't have expected them to yeah, be in first no, no, place even with you're him. You're right. And, they, and he doesn't even spell Phoenix properly. <laughs> everybody <laughs> wants to call him Copley. And everybody wants to call him Copley. That's right. So, it, But when you think that the, here is a kid that, you know, started, I believe, in St. Louis, shipped off to Washington, was somewhere else, and then ended up in L.A., I mean, Fascinating story in my mind, and and and, um, and it also speaks to uh, for every time everybody talks about a twenty-one or twenty-two-year-old goalie, i.e. the Florida Panthers. Um, you just have to be patient with goaltenders. Goaltenders are whack jobs, right, yep. Darren? Yep, they are. They're, you know, they're, they're weird, they, and they, they take they time, and and maturity's. Well, no, I I don't want to use the mature word maturity and Darren in the same sentence, uh, but <laughs> the, the uh, but. Goaltenders mature differently at different times, and so that that's a big part of their success. Kopitar's had a good season. The Kevin Fiala trade's been great for LA. Yeah, you know, lots of speed, um, and it doesn't. You know, remember last year how much time they they had two two defensemen they were out they didn't have for most of the year um, in Doughty and uh, and the other you know, the other young Canadian kid that have made a real difference. Copley's from the North Pole too, so he's got some good vibes with the Elves. Yeah, I was. I let you have that one. <laughs> um, I know we didn't bring it up, but the Seattle Kraken are right there too. A points percentage there, they're slightly better than the Los Angeles Kings. They're on a six-game winning streak uh, and currently up one to nothing on Boston in Boston. Like we're halfway through the year. Where do you stand on on if the Seattle Kraken are a team that has the ability? the staying power to, to be a playoff team after 82. I'm, st- 
starting to believe more and more every day. I was a believer for a while because they had such a great road record. I mean, they had a phenomenal road record the first third of the season. Uh, but then they kind of fell back, and, and uh, the, there was a Friday night game. Edmonton went in there and won 7-2 and knocked them out of the playoffs uh, at that point. And I, didn't, I actually went on the air and said they, they may not be back in the playoffs. Well, they haven't, I don't think they've lost a game since, and they, they're the team of the year so far because they haven't lost a game in 2023. So um, I'm starting to believe in them. Martin Jones has been really good. I know we're talking a lot about goaltending, but that tells you where this league is right now. And, and, th- and this, you know, as we've always marveled at the way George and Kelly built the Golden Knights, Ron Francis's approach was a little more low-key, in that expansion draft and the first year. But then he had an opportunity to pounce on free agents like Burakovsky and uh, helping people solve some cap space issues like Oliver Bjorkstrand in Columbus. Uh, Brandon Tanev is back. He he missed, gosh, he missed more than 60 games last year. He's played well. And and they have a defensive pair right now. And Vince Dunn and Adam Larson, who are monsters, they have been spectacular uh, this year, and that's why this team is playing so well. And they're fast, you know. They're it, in that way. In that way, they're. Uh, I like them like like the Golden Knights. They have a lot of transition speed, and they they know how to get the puck out of their own zone and get in the offensive zone quickly. They're competitive as a second year franchise by scoring goals, which is how much the game has changed since uh, the pre expansion before Vegas came in. Uh, where you had to just clog it up and try to hold on as much as you could and, and win a game 2-1. It's it's different now, and they're the second greatest expansion story in uh, NHL history next to Vegas. Well, it, 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 they will be if they make the playoffs, right? They will be yep. if if they get to the postseason. Uh, if, they, if they don't make the playoffs, um, then you'll remember who – well, right now, who's the second best expansion story in the history of the league? I don't know. Well, I can tell you right now, you were on a, a text uh, thing with them last night. With you know the, the third year Florida Panthers, third year getting to the Stanley Cup final, yeah. That you know, but they they made the playoffs in their third year, and that and, and ever, we all thought that was weird then. Mm-hmm. And so you know, to see what Vegas did five years ago, and now to see what Seattle's doing if they make the playoffs is. It's phenomenal, but you know, but but you know, both Vegas and Seattle have benefited from the rules that the owners put in place to make them competitive, and they were happy to take all that money in order to make it happen. Do you think Doug's gone to bed yet? From our uh, text Doug, uh, last no. night, no, he hasn't. No, no, he's still up tweeting somebody. Kept telling us he was going to bed, and then he came back with three more shots, <laughs> no. not, like like jabs. I'm not talking about yeah. shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. D- it right, was well, John no, and I doing shots. Been shot. we're, not talk- <laughs> we're not talking one three one right now, Darren. Um, so, John, I, the Colorado Avalanche, they are outside of the playoff cut line right now. They've got some games in hand, but this is a team that's been banged up. Like, are you at all worried about Colorado? Do you think that there's a chance that uh, it, it might be too late to get healthy to get into the playoffs? No, I'm not, and I'm not, not really, not with them, not with, you know, with McKinnon in the line, with McCarr and, and Ranton, and, you know, they do miss Nazem Kadri, they do miss uh, Gabriel Landeskog right now. Uh, I actually think Georgiev's a better goalie than Darcy Kemper, 
so I think they're okay that way. I, and, and, you know, Devontae's is still solid. It, you know, remember, this is, this is the league um, where you get in and have a chance to win. You don't have to be first. You know, you can be eighth in your conference, get in the playoffs and make a difference. We've seen eight seeds win Stanley Cups in the last ten years. And so that, to me, is not a, that's not a real issue yet. I, I just think there's too much talent. They will galvanize somehow. They will get healthier. Uh, and then they will force their way into the playoffs somehow. What are you watching tonight? There's a slew of games on. Uh, I've got Vancouver, Tampa. I've got uh, Winnipeg, Buffalo. I've got Seattle, Boston. And I've got Toronto, Detroit. Wow. Do you have uh, one of your uh, marathon Winnipeg radio nights? No, I don't. Not tonight. No, I actually they're in Buffalo. I I, I volunteered to go to Buffalo tonight, um, and they said, "No, nah, don't bother." I said, "Okay, thanks." Why? Because I don't think I could take the five hours of sports talk radio for for a pregame and and the game and and postgame. I'm getting old, you know. <laughs> the, the best part about John when he's got those nights with the Jets broadcast is I'll get texts. Hour two. <laughs> hour three and a half, <laughs> hour four. So, so I, I, now, before I forget, I have one of the greatest Kelly McCrimmon stories of all time. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Yep. So we were talking with a couple of guys that working around the Winnipeg area, and we were talking about how to manage afternoon games. And one of these guys told me that, well, here's what happened in Brandon. When we played afternoon games, Kelly would walk around the dressing room and change all the clocks and make it look like a night game and just tell everybody, there's the clock. It says it's 7.30. Let's go. Seriously? Yeah. That's what I said. So there's Kelly. You know, I mean, his team, he can change the clocks to whatever he wants. So that he would change the clocks on an afternoon game. If it was a 2 o'clock start and it was noon, he would move it up to 5.30. And then the guys said they had two hours to get ready for the 7.30 start. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I, I said, I got, I, and I literally said on the pregame show, I said, that is so good. I got to tell that on Vegas radio because that's a great start. <laughs> if you're talking to a former Wheat King, yeah. was, was it a former Wheat King that you were discussing that with? Yeah. Okay. Was it, it wasn't Shovel Day Off. I'm not, I don't really reveal my sources. It was on live radio. <laughs> well, then you should have listened. <laughs> I, didn't know you were discussing it. Was it Trevor Kidd? No, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't Trevor. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it was, it was, but it was it was such a. It, first of all, it was classic Kelly. Right? Yeah. And and when you think about it, to try to create that mental image of yeah, you're right. It's two hours to game time. Doesn't matter what time the game starts. You should be ready. That's kind of cool. Time waits for no man, except Kelly. Kelly oh, no. controls oh, that. Oh, no. That means when you're the president and general manager and coach, you can change time anytime you want. Okay, I'm going to send him a, a text and during the commercial break, and yeah. I'll see if he gets back to me on that story, and I'll ask him whether it's true or not or whether it's urban legend. I, and this is obviously before iPhones and stuff because everybody would just be checking that. Uh, well, do you think, you think Kelly would allow uh, the players on the Brandon Weekings to have iPhones in their lockers? Good point. Good, solid point. I, 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 I mean, look know. what John Tortorella's done with the iPads on the bench for the Flyers. <laughs> What's he done there? Well, you, he's taken the iPads off the bench. Yeah, so he won't allow them off on at all? 
No, you're not. No, you can't do them during the, during the game. You sh- okay. They should be paying attention to the game. I thought that was just a one-off. I didn't know he was keeping doing. Well, that. I, uh, the way I understand it, it's now I can't believe. I think the the commissioner might call and say we have a contract with these people and they have to ha- they have to be there. But anyway, hmm. uh, well, how's that's that how they started, right away. You know that, right? Uh, just because of the sponsorship. Yeah, it was kind of like the water bottle on the back of the net. Yeah. Well, I like the water bottles uh, on the glass behind the bench. Like, oh, who's yeah, those, those? Ones too. <laughs> There's nothing happening there. Uh, how are they going to get their free sell games in if uh, if the there's no tablets on the bench? <laughs> well, as long as it's not Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Big anniversary of Candy Crush uh, right now. Uh, thanks for doing this, buddy. And uh, you were the best. Oh, I hold love- on, just before we go, though, yeah. I got to ask uh, both Chris and Ryan: How many armpits does a dog have? Two. Oh. Goodness gracious! Zero. Well, think about it. The dog Zero. has two arms. It's got two armpits. No, okay. No, I refuse. Okay. I refuse. Well, according to Darren, if it's the lower body and the paws, then it's four. It's got four. <laughs> no, those are those are hips. There you go. I see. I agree with that. But I'm just saying because Millard's trying to be so inconsistent. Nothing new there. <laughs> well, but that's okay. It, 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 I, I think in, in Darren's case, he's just been told he's been wrong by so many people around no. the, the the office that I, Chad, I don't, I don't I know if he can handle it. Too, only I'm by not, he's not told he's been it. wrong only by one person, and she's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and she loves you too, John. <laughs> you, you, well, she's still you know afraid that. of me, but she loves me. Uh, you know, she's she's totally petrified of you, but she loves you more than uh, than anything. Uh, thanks, John. We'll talk to you later. Hey, what, what time is it? What time is it in Vegas? And what time is it in Kelly's office. Uh, right now, it's four forty-six in Vegas, and where Kelly is, it's whatever time he damn well <laughs> decides it is. <laughs> that, that's that's what I know about, about Kelly, and I'm totally on board with that. And okay. and we know George listens to the show all the time on game nights. No, because when I come out, we're buying, he's buying dinner. Yeah, uh, and he loves uh, your book, so we'll be able to do that. When are you coming out? When uh, when are we doing a little bit of in-person stuff? I haven't decided. No. Well, you never go, know, though. You got Portugal, you got Mexico, you got a lot going on. I do. Dude, <laughs> so, busy. I can't wait. getting in the way. I can't wait to do, join our NHL correspondent live from the beaches of Portugal. Uh, Won't that be something? Huh? That that will be great. Uh, okay, right. I, I've said goodbye to you three times. <laughs> I, I, I well, go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed, too, so it's okay. <laughs> Good night. See you later. See you later. John Shannon, NHL insider on the VGK9 show. On Fox Sports, Las Vegas will be back with more after this. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Got Bruce Cassidy coming up, uh, teeing up the Florida Panthers contest against his Vegas school tonight. That'll be in our number two plus one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. On a busy night in the National Hockey League with uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 games uh, in the NHL. That's the way you do your math right there. Quickly, live on the air. No sense uh, preparing. And I have sent the text off to Kelly yep. uh, regarding moving the clocks forward. Haven't heard back yet, mm-hmm. but I will keep you in the loop on that. It's not an out-there idea, though. No. Like when you're traveling and you're going to be back in the same time zone, like I've moved my, I've tried to work on a different clock before. Sure. It just gets, it gets hard if you're trying to do anything local being on a different time. 
Yeah, I mean, I think from a routine perspective and, and just kind of dialing things in, we know how much hockey players love routine, love the, the cyclical nature of show up to the rink, go through your routine, get ready to go, get ready to play, exact same time. So if it if it provides something for you, then, yeah, absolutely. I, I see nothing wrong with it. And time really um, doesn't matter all that much. Well, not if you're like, where we are right now. Yeah. We're in T-Mobile Arena, yeah. Section 104. Can you tell me, without looking at a clock, would you have any idea what time it it is? I know, I, no, other no. than like when we're on the but, air. But yeah, there's no the, way to tell. There's no there's no exactly. uh, windows. There's You're, no uh, relation to weather the, or anything like that. The only the only clock we're beholden to is the clock that tells us when pregame's going to end and, and essentially when the game's going to start. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of base our routines around that. I know exactly where I've got to hit certain benchmarks in terms of pregame. Not so much because of an actual clock, but because of where things are. But in if you're a player to, and you walk in the rank, you yeah. have no idea. You're yeah. just looking at warm up and, and the players all have they have clocks in the uh, in the dress room yeah. that tell you when it's time for warm up and that a lot of them are superstitious or routine based yep that's what they call it now routine based I like that uh, we used to be superstitious regarding that and you get dressed at a certain time but you can keep that uh, going without necessarily a daytime clock so i think kelly was probably on to something uh, with that i will say this though afternoon games the players love Sure. And I wish oh, yeah. we played afternoon games every day. Got one coming up. Yeah. Can we can we play Saturdays? No, that's not an afternoon game, but I'd like to play Saturday too. Every game I want to be sat, uh, afternoon. Three o'clock's afternoon. Yeah, three o'clock's good. Uh, we got hour number two coming up on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.